it wouldn't, a memory wouldn't exist without money from Coca-Cola. So I kind of have to be allegiant to that. Let me see if I wrote down any more. A cake or pie? Okay. All right. Bo? All right. I forgot the choir's back this morning. Welcome. I'm going to have to learn to start looking back at y'all again. Um, yeah, I got my back. Um, brand name or generics? A little, depends. You've got to be Heinz ketchup, but you can go generic on mustard, right? I mean, that's kind of the way I view the world. All right, uh, Methodist or heathen? Yeah, I didn't need to ask that question, did I? Oh, there's some heathens back here. I'm just teasing if you're not Methodist. We're just having a little fun here. But, uh, you know, we can have a little fun in showing how we're divided up on what kind of ice cream we like or whether we like Android or Apple phones or whether we like mornings or evenings. But there are some divisions that are a lot more sensitive to us, so I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but we know what those divisions are. Uh, Democrat, Republican, uh, vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, mask wearers, non-mask wearers. You know, this world, gay, straight, black, white, there are all sorts of things in our world today that, that, that are, are dividing us and that make life difficult for people at times. And it seems to me that the only thing that America is not divided on is division. I mean, it's almost like we look for reasons to put us against them doesn't it? Well, Paul was worried about division as he's writing this letter to Ephesians. Or if it wasn't Paul, it was a disciple of Paul. Uh, he is worried because it appears to him from his perspective that Jewish Christians have not been that accepting of non-Jewish people who have come to faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul has been trying to communicate in this book that, that, that this has been God's plan all along, that, that, that these Jewish Christians need to be open to these non-Jewish people who are coming to faith in Christ. And so it's not surprising then that if that's the tenor in which Paul is writing and that's the circumstances under which Paul is writing, that he is going to stress the unity of the faith. He is urging unity. And he's urging it so much here that he says one seven different times. And uh, he says it this way. There is one body and one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is above all and through all and in all. So seven is a number that is of significance in uh, our faith tradition. It's a symbol of completeness, of wholeness. And Paul is using the word one seven different times to make his point. Paul is urging for and praying for the unity of the faith. And what may surprise you is that Paul... Uh, suggests that, that God has already created unity, that, that God is, 
that unity is available to each and every one of us through the Spirit of God. Our job, according to Paul, is that we're supposed to maintain the unity. And how do we maintain unity? Well, one of the ways that Paul says that we maintain unity is bearing with one another in love. Now, I used to think of love as a feeling, uh, an emotion, if you will, especially when I was younger, you know. But I've grown to understand that love is more of an act of the will and less of a feeling and less of an emotion. You see, if you are in a relationship with somebody, whether you're married or not, chances are you you did not instantly love them as soon as you saw them, right? I mean, you may have lusted after them, and that's what happened to my wife, you know, but you, you you probably didn't love them when you first met them. Instead, it was an act of the will. You decided to do loving things for that person And then they, as an act of their will, responded to the loving things that you did by doing loving things of their own. It was this conscious act of the will is that what resulted in you experiencing love in your relationships. And part of the reasons why marriages and relationships fail is because we forget that love more than a feeling or an emotion, it is a daily act of the will. I tell people when I'm doing premarital counseling that there will likely come a day or an evening in the middle of the night when it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you wake up and you're freezing cold because your significant other is over there hogging all of the covers. They're snoring to high heaven. They're on your side of the bed. And you're thinking, what was I thinking? And so in that moment, you can decide, well, I'm just going to end it. I'm just going to get out of this relationship because I want my own covers and I want a bed all to myself. Or you can remember that love is an act of the will and that even when uh, it's difficult, we continue to love as an act of the will. I think about it in my own relationship. You know, when, um, when I leave an Im- a dirty dish in the sink at home my wife though she does not think that there ought to ever be dirty dishes in the sink chooses to love me anyway she bears with me in love and when I don't want to clean my dish Because that sink is obviously that big for a reason. I mean, you're supposed to put all the dishes in there until you get to the top, and then you wash the dishes, right? But when I decide to go ahead and wash that dish anyway, I'm choosing to do so as an act of the will because it expresses the love that I have and that I want to have with my wife. Now, When I park my car in the driveway, because I'm not allowed to park in the garage, if if I park my car over too far so that my wife can't get out, she chooses to love me anyway. 
And when I park my car, even though I think, well, if you're not going to let me park it in the driveway, I'll park it wherever I want to. Uh, in, the park, in the car garage, I'll park it wherever I want to. And I park it over to the side. I do so as an act of the will because I love my wife, right? I'm seeking to bear with her in love. When my wife gets up on Saturday mornings and goes down to Ole Miss games with me in the fall instead of staying at home and watching HGTV, it is an act of her will because she really doesn't like going to games, but she does it as an act of the will to communicate love for me. She chooses to do these things. Now, choosing to do these things out of love as an act of will towards loving other people is a whole lot easier than doing it than because you were told to do it, right? I mean, if my wife said, um, I don't want to ever see another dirty dish in this uh, sink for the rest of our married life, probably not going to go over as well. If I said, you're going to get your rear end out of bed and you're going to go down to Ole Miss with me every fall and watch us lose 11 ball games, I don't care whether you like it or not. Probably not going to go over as well. None of us like to be told what to do. And none of us like to be told what to do, especially when it's something that we don't want to do ourselves. Paul is talking about we need to find a way to bear with one another in love uh, and do things that maybe we don't want to do otherwise, but we do it because it is the loving thing to do. I don't care um, what we're talking about here, uh, I always try to ask myself, uh, what would God want me to do? Uh, how would God want me to respond to this situation? And more times than not, I feel like God wants me to do the loving thing. Now, what Paul is talking about here is, is not that we should all think alike or look alike. Paul goes on into great detail and says that when he's describing unity, he's not saying that we should all do the same things, we should all think the same things, we should all look the same way. In fact, Paul talks about how that each one of us is gifted and called in a unique and beautiful way. And Paul says that each one of us will live out our lives and live out that calling in unique in beautiful and wonderful ways. He says that some of us are going to be apostles. Some of us may be teachers and preachers and shepherds and pastors. This is not an exhaustive list. But what Paul is trying to communicate to us is that, that he just wants us to be united in the spirit of God. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're all going to look and see the world in the same way. He's choosing uh, to do things as an act of the will based out of our relationship with God and who we believe God is calling us to be and who we believe that God wants us to be. When Jesus gave himself up for us, it was an act of his will. 
And it was a decision that Jesus made based on his understanding of God's love and based on what he wanted, he thought God wanted him to do as it related to other people. Because this really wasn't Jesus' idea to die on the cross. I mean, he even prayed to God, if there is any other way for your objective and your will to be realized here on this earth, then I would rather you do that. But ultimately, Jesus, as an act of the will, said, not my will, but your will be done. And so Jesus went to the cross as an expression of love. He was willing to do that because he was willing to bear with us in love and to demonstrate God's love for us. So as you come to the table today, the table of our Lord, I invite you to think about the links that Jesus went to to demonstrate love for you and for me.